Hey everyone, my name is Sumble Siddiqui. And I'm Alana Mallon, and we are Cambridge's two new city councilors, and this is our weekly podcast, Women Are Here. Hello. Hey. Um, did you freeze all the way here? It's so it's cold. It's 12. I have my uh You have your on. hat on. <laughs> little the pom-pom. headphones are like over the hat. It's so cold. It's so cold, I can't, I just can't warm up. And um, I just looked at the weather, it's supposed to be like 60 degrees next week. Really? Yes. Oh. Good. That's. I mean, that's crazy, though. Global warming. Global warming. Um, so it has been a whirlwind of a week. It's Thursday, which is exciting. Um, I had to report to you that I went to the library and I got that Devil in the Grove book about Thurgood Marshall, and I started reading it. It's very good. You got the only copy. I got the only copy at the main library. There's yeah. like 100 libraries here in Cambridge. That's true. <laughs> Go get one. <laughs> buy your house. I'm just going to buy one. <laughs> buy the book. No, it's really good. Like It's, it's a page turner. I'm not even co- I'm not even kidding. Are you almost done? No. It's big. Well, it's I just never I don't yeah, have, you time, have no to time to read. Yeah, you have time to read. I'm like in the ordinance committee yesterday <laughs> reading my book. <laughs> just whip it out, you know. <laughs> um so yeah, it's very very cold. Yeah, I spoke to a friend last night. Uh, she's in Chicago. Um, I went to law school in Chicago, so I have a good number of friends there and they're just posting these stories of their eyelashes and like Oh god. God, god knows what and like Think everything is closed, but they are taking care of the homeless population there. And oh, like, good! You know, driving around in buses and you know putting pe- homeless people in buses and making sure there's and driving the buses around so there's some heat because the shelters are so full. Yeah, it's just it's bad. It's, it's a bad really situation. Bad. And I guess last night was our homeless yeah. count um, in Boston and Cambridge, and um, I saw that Mayor McGovern had posted that even last night in the kind of the area where he was in Harvard Square, there was 11 people sleeping outside. Yeah, from 1 a.m. to 5 a.m. Yep. Yeah, so we have to do better. It's it's too cold. It's way too cold. Um, and so speaking of that, we do have our second annual uh, wool sock drive that's happening to benefit Caspar and Bay Cove's uh, shelter guests. We are trying to get 1,000 pairs of wool socks donated. We we did that last year. We're hoping to knock that out of the park again this year. Um, so that is running, it's happening now, running through Valentine's Day, which is Sumble's favorite day of the whole entire year besides her birthday. <laughs> and uh, there's two collection places, one in City Hall and one at the police department. So please, 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 it's so cold out there. Um, if you if you can donate wool socks, we would be so appreciative and get those right out to our homeless residents. I know um, the woman over at Caspar is like picking up daily because she's just really trying to get these socks out. Yeah, there's a huge need. And if you're listening and you your company is interested, uh, please let us know. We've been reaching out individually to various uh, companies who have graciously, just like last year, you know, donated any anything from 100 to 200 wool pairs of socks so if your company is interested Reach have, out. Them, have them join us to do this definitely so, so we uh had a cambridge digs deep uh meeting on saturday uh this past saturday i know i was there you were there thank mm-hmm. you and so, there are a lot of people there yeah we had over 100 we had a great turnout uh there were a lot of new people so some of the stuff that dr dernista uh discussed we discussed in the first um meeting but i think it was helpful for contacts and uh, there were a lot of breakout sessions what did you think um i thought it was really good i think it was because i had been at the first one the the contexty stuff i was like i've heard this story before and you know but i i have to say that there was so many new faces in there and i think having it on a saturday versus a wednesday night you get a totally different mix of people 
Um, I saw a lot of like of my mom friends came and some of them brought their like eighth grade kids. And I think that was, it was really impactful for some of them too. Yeah, my mom came again, which was great. And I had a small breakout session, like a small, it was just four of us. I think every, all the other tables had like 10 people. So it was interesting. I definitely, I definitely learned some things. That's good. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, I think there was some good conversations. And I think at the end I talked about, um, I talked about uh, just how there were, you know, who who are these conversations for? And that's a difficult question because most of our events, even we've talked about this, who participates in local government, it's mostly white people. Mm-hmm. Um, we don't have that many people of color um, come to our city council meetings, um, our committee hearings, uh, our events, I'd say, unless there's a particular reason. Um, or celebration, like the iftar, of course, brings a ton of Muslim people in. That's great. Uh, but these conversations, you know, I had to ask myself at the end, I was like, why aren't people of color coming? Um, there were certainly some people of color there, but what can, what, how do we make sure that people of color are, we're centering people of color as well? And that's a difficult question. Yeah, I mean, I think that's something I struggle with too, because... <laughs> It's obviously like me who needs help, right? <laughs> right, right. And I don't want somebody to give up their Saturday to come try to help me try right. to figure myself out. Um, and, you know, there were some conversations in my particular little group that was, I think it would have been hard for some people. Yeah, yeah. So what is that balance? Like, so, I don't know. you know, I'm struggling with that as we go through this series and I'm just being transparent about it because it's a lot of work and... Mm-hmm. You know, you you want to yeah. So we we do have another event coming up, um, February seventh that we're uh, we've been planning, and it's really focused on hearing from you know different policies, practices, and uh, from from different city officials. So we'll be hearing from our Office of Equity Inclusion. We'll be hearing from our Cambridge Police Department Commissioner, Doctor. Branville Bard, who's amazing, uh, our superintendent, Dr. Salim, uh, and then Ramon de... Ramon de Jesus. De Jesus. He's Jesus such a rock star. So, so awesome. We met him last summer and he yeah. presented us. He, he'll do a really good, a great job. And he's the director of diversity development for Cambridge Public Schools. So there'll be presentations by each of these different uh, cities, city and the police and the schools, and then there'll be a Q&A uh, on, on, the, on the what they're doing towards uh, race and equity so is, is so is dr arnis is she's, she's amante sorry is she gonna be she's not okay so who's gonna be moderating or me and mark okay yeah so okay. gonna figure that out um we may try to get an expert facilitator um because i'm not sure if we're the best people to do that um because of just our close ties uh to well this. i just know that like w- even last week Dr. Amante, there was there was a difficult person, um, a question and scenario, and she handled it like a prof- like a, like yeah. she had seen that a hundred times, you know, because that's kind of what she does. And so I think it's, you know, these are these are difficult conversations, and sometimes it's it's better to have someone who is you know very trained, well, very well versed in how to you know redirect or really answer a difficult question in that moment which you know is so hard so hard so we're figuring that out but please come i know you can't be there i can't be there because i have my arts task force meeting and we're talking about 
um, zoning, actually. Snoozers. <laughs> no, just kidding. No, we're talking about artist housing and studio space Ooh. Um, as well as zoning. Um, and it should be a good conversation, but I am sorry to m- be missing this one. I'm sorry that didn't... Um... It's okay. There's there's actually four things that night. Okay. So I'll catch up with there's you. Al- there's always never enough time. Never enough so time. we'll be doing like a, in this week, really trying to get this February 7th date out because it is really quick after the first one but it'll be in city hall uh we'll have food from 5 30 to 6 and then from 6 to 8 we'll be digging deep <laughs> well i look forward to hearing all about that i'm sure you'll tell us all about it afterwards yes um so that was saturday and then monday we had our city council meeting and there were a couple of big things that happened or a couple of points and you, some of you may have heard about one of them. Um, so the big thing on the agenda was an update uh, to the tree protection ordinance. Which trees, trees. trees. <laughs> I, I honestly, when we talk about trees, I just want to like scream like trees, trees. trees. I, I do have a song about trees. You like that you made up or it's something? Yeah, that like you... I'm, I want to make up a song about trees. Like <laughs> it's just <laughs> permeating our daily lives. So like I just want to. You should make up like a rap or something. Maybe I will. Yeah. Okay. Sorry to interrupt. No, no, Go it's on. fine. This is important. Fine. That's fun. Okay. So, um, the update to the tree protection ordinance, which came from an ordinance committee hearing a few weeks ago. So Councillor Zondervan had put in a policy order like in July to update the tree protection ordinance, which currently only applies to projects that are over 50,000 square feet. And if the owner or developer cuts down trees to build, they have to pay into a tree fund to replace the size of the tree they cut down and have a tree plan. But it doesn't currently apply to private property owners. So the amendment that was proposed would be to require a homeowner to apply for a permit and have a hearing if they wanted to cut down a tree on their property. So there's been a lot of talk about our shrinking tree canopy and that a lot of the loss is actually on private property. And the idea behind this amendment would be one way to stem that loss. Um, at the ordinance committee hearing, Councillor Zondervan had also proposed a second amendment, um, which was in addition to requiring a permit, that no such permits shall be issued for a year, kind of effectively creating a year-long moratorium on cutting down trees that were not deemed dead, dangerous, or diseased. So just as an aside for people who aren't totally steeped in municipal laws and how they're created, when uh, you create or amend an ordinance, which is a city's law, certain procedures are required by law. The notice has to be placed in the newspaper and ample enough time for the public to be heard. This is a safeguard to ensure that your elected officials change laws or don't change laws before <laughs> you know about it. <laughs> um, and so it's it's in general a good thing um, to have some kind of checks and balances. So because this ordinance amendment was not properly noticed as a permit requirement and not as a year-long moratorium, after a lengthy discussion at the ordinance committee hearing, we all voted, including Councilor Zondervan, to move the original amendment to the full city council to be voted on at this past Monday night's hearing. But then on Thursday afternoon when the agenda for Monday night's meeting came out, Councilor Zondervan, Vice Mayor Devereaux, and Councilor Kelly had put in a policy order to amend the ordinance to include the year-long moratorium that had been discussed. So flash forward um, one and a half business days later, at our Monday meeting, there were about 30 residents who spoke in public comment in support of the moratorium. And as a full council, we again had a lengthy debate. And city staff were there, including the commissioner of public works and city manager and city solicitor, just to help us answer questions about the consequences of what a moratorium would look like. Uh, there were a lot of calls from councilors for calling a climate emergency as a reason for passing this moratorium. 
as well as fears that if we didn't pass it that evening, residents would cut down trees in expectation of a future moratorium. Several councillors cited other cities, actually, which passed such moratoriums to ensure that that didn't happen. My main questions focused around the proper process and legal notices, as well as understanding just what the financial impacts of what this moratorium would have on a homeowner should they not know about it and take a tree down. So when I asked about costs, um, Commissioner O'Reardon stated that if the if that happened, the homeowner would be required to pay into a tree fund to replace the tree at a cost of $1,000 per one inch diameter. So let's just say I took down an eight inch tree in my backyard, not knowing that this moratorium was in place. That would cost me as a homeowner $8,000. Plus every day that um, I failed to make that payment, I'd be charged $300. So I personally, I felt that this was too significant of a change to make without following um, the proper procedure legally to notice changes um, to a city ordinance. And with that kind of financial impact on residents, I just strongly felt that we needed to take more time and ensure that more residents knew about this change it could weigh in. Additionally, um, you know, and I have talked a little bit about this last summer on this podcast, that there's an urban forest master plan task force that's been meeting for several months. And one of their tasks actually is to update the tree protection ordinance. Um, but according to the DPW, this updated ordinance language wouldn't be ready until, I think he said December, which I think we all felt like was way too late. Um, and we, I just totally agree that December is too long to wait, right, between now and December. So just, just to say that I have also asked that this be moved up and prioritized because if you look at their meeting notes, the task force, they have all the information that they need. And to be honest, their definition of what they consider a significant tree um, is currently less than what the ordinance is. So it would be, there will be even more protection in that when that comes forward. So I'm hoping that they kind of prioritize this and make this a, a real, I don't, I don't want to use the word priority again. A real... Um, like a sense of urgency. There's an impetus yes, to yes, push yes, it. Yes, exactly, exactly. So anyways, what we passed Monday night was the original amendment that will require a permit and hearing to remove a tree on private property. So that... The next step on that will is that it will be ordained Monday night, February 25th at our, our council meeting. Uh, additionally, the moratorium amendment um, that was that was brought up was referred back to ordinance committee, and that will actually have an ordinance committee hearing on uh, Valentine's Day. And so this way it will be in the newspapers, it will get sent out to neighborhood groups. So there's definitely more to come there and we'll report back on the on the Valentine's Day hearing and the and the outcome. So stay tuned on that. So yeah, this was this was a difficult one. I think you had some great questions uh, during the meeting and I'd concur <laughs> to use uh, our city council <laughs> language uh, <laughs> that the it's a shameful that we have a ordinance on the books that really is so is very weak mm -hmm. uh, and to your point the urban task force has been meeting and someone during public comment mentioned this we're always going to have these task force and we put all this money in to do it yeah and it, it, and takes, it takes a long time so long right and now. we we are like we're gonna wait until that process and then put the changes in and sometimes i think with certain things it is you have to do it sooner right and so i think we were all in agreement right i voted to pass the amendment, the to moratorium. A moratorium amendment to a second reading. And I did that because after I talked to the solicitor, um, she, I felt that would be enough time between now and when it was actually ordained to give people notice and to have further discussion and for 
the city solicitor to figure out some of the questions. As she said in her statement, well, the goal is to pass this to a second reading and we can figure out some of the questions we don't know now. Because I was I was saying we could pass this forward as a moratorium uh, or, you know, and, and do it, but will it actually be enforced? And there's still some questions, but I felt that I knew that this was going to then come back to ordinance and it was going to be, it's happening, what, February 12th, 14th, and there's going to be two, I think there's going to be three counselors there. So we'll have, I it, that to me also doesn't do, do justice because we're not going to be, it's not going to be everyone talking about it. So then we're, it's just, that's frustrating. And I think that's what's frustrating about the timing on so much of this process. I do think passing it to a second reading we were leg- legally, we could legally do. Um, but I also see your point in that, you know, there were people who, there's always going to be a ton of people who don't know about. Well, that's what I was changes. saying. That's what I was saying about the envision process. Like, right. It's three years, it's been three, three million. Years and, and like people didn't find out about it until a few months ago. Yeah. Or if you think about the Inman Square redesign, I still have neighbors who are like, wait, what are happening? Yeah. So I am frustrated <laughs> that like, it is on the Valentine's Day, and we have another meeting that night too. I know, right? Family Policy Council meeting. Right. So, I, 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 yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I can go on. It's just um, it, there's that's a difficult part of this job where we there's so much process <laughs> sometimes, and you know I think that's for me where the momentum to just say, look, pass it to a second reading. I'm not, you know, there's going to be further discussion, and the council is going to be voting up. It up or down eventually, and February twenty fifth anyway. Now it's probably more likely looking we're, we're going to vote on this if it if those whoever shows up to the ordinance meeting. You need three people to be at the meeting at least. There's nine of us. Mm-hmm. Um, not all nine show up to ordinance ever. That's usually true. it's like yep. you know usually it's four or five. You only need three, um, and then that will then whatever happens at that meeting will then move to the to to a full council meeting. And then we'll have a further discussion. So I think, you know, th- there did seem to be a consensus from what I heard that people are generally supportive of it. And I think where we had disagreement was, you know, how much people knew about this. I think you're, I think that's totally the right characterization. Yeah. yeah. Um. So trees, trees, trees. There's a lot to come. <laughs> uh, you know, we, you know, this is something that people has, people have been really sensitive about and, we understand completely. Uh, it is it's very difficult, and we're trying to, as as people new to the council, one thing I know we've talked about this. It's just, it is this frustration that you know we use. I use that to, you use this the climate change task force, mm. for example. Right, there was an order put in about that in the summer. Mm-hmm. They just had their first <laughs> meeting. Like feeling a little bit like, oh my gosh, change is very slow. And sometimes, yes, you have to be methodical. Devils are in the details. And then sometimes I wonder, oh my God, where's the, why is this taking so long? So I'm in the middle constantly. Yeah. And I, like I said earlier, I thought that just ordaining something that night, because it would have gone to effect Monday night. Well, it would have gone to a second reading. So there was some debate about that. If we had declared it an emergency, it would. When I talked to the commissioner, he said it, it's possible that this could go into effect tonight, depending on how it's worded. So, yeah, I guess. Yeah, I mean, I think the vote 
was wait so we didn't take a vote to move it to a second reading we voted on what did we we voted on the mayor's amendment no, to we, move it back to ordinance there were the two things so the, the moratorium we moved back to ordinance the other thing we moved to a second yes reading. yeah right. yeah I, I'm just using the like Monday night. Let's just say even like the 25th versus the end of this year. Somewhere in there is like a good balance, right? Right, right. I don't think it's November, but I also don't think it's next week. Yeah. I mean, I think we there. Yeah, I think that was a le- open legal question of when it was going to take an effect. And I felt comfortable moving it to a to a second reading to then eventually consider in late. February, but well, it's going to come back to us either way. That's right. In a few weeks and in March. And we're going to be talking about it again. And we're going to talk about it again because we love trees. <laughs> trees, trees, trees. So we also had another bill. Um, uh, we It was a resolution that Councillor Mallon, myself, and others put in um, because it's bill filing time in the State House as they open their new legislative session. And one that caught our eye was sponsored by State Rep Marjorie Decker to bring back a previous state rental rearage program, which would provide funding to extremely low-income individuals to pay back rent in order for, to keep them in their homes. It was a very successful program that unfortunately ended in 2003, but it helped 96% of participating residents stay in their homes. And Rep Dector, Decker feels that this is the right time to bring it back. And this policy order was to lend support to her as well as to ask others in our delegation to sign on and sponsor as well. And the statistic is is really telling. So 60% of renters are severely cost burdened. That meaning, are extremely low income yes, renters? Yes, extremely yeah, low uh, income renters are ex- severely cost burdened, meaning that they spend more than 50% of their monthly incomes on rent and are 50% more likely to face eviction due to non-payment of rent. And we all just read recently in the Globe that there are a number of homeless individuals in the state um, and that number has risen to 14% in the last past year. So, you know, we have to be really focused on developing policies and programs on keeping people in their homes. So I had my first meeting for the Tenant Protections Task Force. So it's the mayor's blue ribbon. So this is, I think, the 12th commission the committee i'm on no i'm just kidding <laughs> i was thinking like how many uh, i'm on the, i'm like a member of nine committees and then doing this guy i'm chairing a ton so i'm chairing this but i have to say i'm the most excited about doing this it's um it, it's a good group of people i was gonna say it's a good group of people yeah we have uh, legal aid attorneys we have residents we have people we have someone from maura pensack maura pensack she's so amazing great. Uh, we have some uh, property owners, developers who you know, know their stuff and, uh, you know, really want to work with tenants and, mm-hmm. and do practical things that can make a difference now. So is Patrick Barrett on that? Patrick is. <laughs> <laughs> so um, well, this is how it works. So the mayor uh, mayor gets to appoint mm-hmm. many of the members. I brought him a list. Uh, obviously, my list was a lot of legal aid yeah folks you're like let's just have a legal aid meeting i would yeah (laughs) yeah exactly the legal aid meeting and kind of more the direct service folks Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. the mayor wanted to balance it and have um some landlords and developers i think it's important to have yeah because they're the ones actually doing the yeah and if we want them to participate Mm -hmm. it's it's you have to have that negotiation you have to have that conversation Mm so our first meeting really focused on what the goals would be and I centered it around, and you know, Alana was 
such a great prep for me beforehand because I was so nervous about this meeting and I was like, oh my God. And I was flipping out and I was being so mean and I was like, I don't know. I don't know. Just don't talk to me. I was just so nervous. I didn't say don't talk to me, but basically I was just like- Your body language was my don't, body, talk, don't talk to me. I was just me. like so nervous, but she gave me some really good advice and um, I was kind of getting bagged down into the details of like, how do I explain a home rule petition? How do I explain it? And you just, you really knocked it out of the park. And it meant I did? So, yeah, the way you explained it, <laughs> it was, and that's how I explained it to the group, oh, you know. Did and, they, were they like, wow. Yeah, and thank God there were experts who were like, and the other implications of home rule are the following. So, uh, so yeah, we, we live in a, in, a, in a state where if there's a state law, if there's not a local rule, no, if there's not a state law, right, and Cambridge decides to do X, we have to ask for permission, so that's basically from what the legislature, from the legislature and the governor and the governor. So mm-hmm. it's a process and it's the success of home rules. Uh, they're not that too successful. So it depends on what they are. It does. It does. But for tenant protections, I mm-hmm. think. Yeah. Well, especially with a governor. Right. Who's a Republican. Yeah. Yeah. And so we have we really focused on, OK, I think we need to focus on some of the low hanging fruit. So we made a huge list of things mm. and some of it we've already, we, you and I have discussed, you know, it's everything from funding to other things and some of it is more policy oriented. And so we're going to kind of, and including looking at our condo conversion mm, okay. policy yeah. and, and seeing, you know, can there be anything done with it to strengthen it? Because our condo conversion is something that's within our right to change. We don't have to go through the state. Cambridge has kept um, a policy, hasn't revised uh, a policy at all. So we um, are going to, uh, we're, yeah, we're hoping we're taping. <laughs> we're just, just looking at, just the, at the thing. And I hope we're recording. All right. Anyway, well, we may have to do this again. But anyway, long story short, it was a great meeting. Um, stay tuned for notes and, and communications coming up. Uh, it, it is going to be a, a good a good solid um did a lot of people come like from the public no oh okay it was mostly maybe just five time. that's how many come to mind yeah yeah i think there'll be no there may be more people getting to know about it and then they'll come um concert zondra was there okay yeah yeah so uh, back to uh, just housing uh we received a letter today uh that the mike johnson from the cha he's the executive director the housing authority. the housing of the housing authority um it was a letter to landlords of Section 8 voucher holders. They have funds to pay for March if the government um, shuts down again. Right. Uh, it's reopened just until February 15th or something. Right, right. Um, and they have a contingency plan if it goes beyond that. So, you know, we, we are worrying about what programs will not be funded if they use contingency funds to pay rent that the federal government normally pays. And we've talked about a lot of, about this. You know, yeah. they have some awesome amazing workforce and internship programs and we want to make sure though you know we worry about those being cut yeah and i was um i mean i was glad to see a letter going home yeah going out to ten to uh to uh <laughs> landlords landlords um but it's just making it really real right now um that that's still looming i mean it feels like it's over but it's not so all right what else did we have oh we had a civic unity committee meeting where we talked about pay equity which is one of my favorite yes. things to talk about so the city has a pay equity dashboard um which i'm going to tweet out because it's actually not that easy to find but it has amazing information um about the city of cambridge and our employees and how we are doing um as um 
an organization uh, around pay equity. And I also saw on Twitter this morning that Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez has announced um, a Paycheck Equity Act, which would it seems similar to what was enacted in Massachusetts last year. Um, so one of the things it does is make it illegal for uh, future employers to ask you how much your current yes. salary is in your, in an interview. And I was thinking as I saw her up there talking about it that like representation really does matter. Yes. You know, having a lot of women um, really kind of bringing these issues to the forefront nationally is really incredible to watch. I mean, I feel like we're so lucky here in Massachusetts where we just kind of take that stuff for granted sometimes. Of course, we passed a pay equity act. But, you know, there are many, many states across the country that that's just not the reality and it's not going to be the reality. Mm -hmm. So um, I was just feeling good again about the number of women in the 116th Congress. So good. I love love following all of them on Instagram. Oh, I know. And there's like this, I saw this beautiful picture of they were at um, one of their committee hearings yesterday. I'm not remembering the name of it. But um, AOC and and Ayanna Presley were just like sharing like a mm-hmm. like an aside, and I was like, oh, look at them, friendship, friendship. friendship. <laughs> we had another meeting last night that went until eight p.m. We were so oh my hungry. God. <laughs> <laughs> we always talk about that because every time we have a five thirty to seven thirty meeting, I'm like, I can make it, and then like five forty seven, I'm like, I am starving. I am, I can't pay attention, so I went into the back. And the only thing in the refrigerator <laughs> were like baby carrots. I was like, perfect, right? Baby <laughs> carrots are good for you. I'm trying to be healthy. I get out. And I, it's like, it was the only thing you could hear was just me. It was like all public comment and me just like. <laughs> yep. Yep. <laughs> I didn't even care. I was so hungry. I'm so hungry. I was like, we're texting. I was like, I'm so hungry. <laughs> we were listening, but like we were Well, hungry. I was listening unless I was chewing because it was <laughs> so loud yeah so loud um that was some of our leftover food from the tenant i know thank god you had it because thank goodness i know i was so hungry so yeah we we won't go too much into this now because uh it's going to come back to us but alexander real estate has a petition to develop on the former met site met met pipe site on benny street and they're proposing a is it 120 feet Mm -hmm. um building um and it's c- caused quite a ruckus in the neighborhood. It and did. so we uh, there's been a lot of meetings and there's a lot of back and forth. But last night we, we voted to keep it in committee. Mm-hmm. We had a pretty robust uh, discussion about the fact that first, you know, it's there is a what they'd like um, a, a variance. Basically, they want to upzone the uh, the area from the current zoning is 45 feet, mm-hmm. right? And so they want to go up to 120. And to do that, they, in exchange, they want to give us uh, the Grand Junction path, basically in a nutshell. That's what they're proposing. That There were some other community benefits yes, too. Yeah, um, there are a number. Yeah, it, the mayor did bra- bring back mm-hmm. um, uh, a few points about that. And we had a lot of public comment. We did have a lot of public comment. And um, a lot of them were, fr- a lot of the unions. commenters were from the neighborhood. And then there was a lot from the unions who obviously would like a project um, that will put their workforce to work. And I think what we ended up saying, everybody, was there will be a building that will get built. Um, there will be jobs. Um, but this has a long way to go before we can get to something which we can all agree on. So, And it was at the planning board the night before, which is... Yeah, and they basically yeah. said the same thing. So I think it was a good meeting. I think it was a good introduction to, uh, you know... Yeah. Um, good first meeting, but we will be looking forward to what they... Uh, it seems like they're going to put together a little working group. Yeah. With um, Alexandria, with the ordinance committee chairs, some members of our city staff, and also... Um, neighborhood. 
the neighborhood, which I thought was interesting. So we'll see, I, I look forward, like I said last night, um, we look forward to the look next round. forward to seeing what they come back with. I hope it's a really collaborative process. Same. I think yeah. it, there's something that, I hope something good will come from it. Uh, so we, uh, we're doing something on Saturday night. Well, Alana is sick, people, spreading I, her germs. <laughs> Because <laughs> she knows I'm germaphobic, but <laughs> I, was, I am sick. I have been sick, and I've been thing. I've been like playing through the pain. You, but today amazing. I'm like hitting a wall. You, yeah. I want you to go home and rest after this. How many seriously. times did I sneeze during that meeting last night? A few. And I am the loudest sneezer. Like it's not. It's like between the carrots and the sneezing, <laughs> everyone was like, "Get out of here!" No, you did. I, yeah, you. I think it's been a long week. So <laughs> if you can make it Saturday, we. Uh, I know you bought your ticket. Uh, we have a a fundraiser happening for the fire that happened uh, a few weeks ago. It's tape taking place from six to nine at the Philharmonic Santa Antonio Center on Cambridge Street in East Cambridge. It's going to feature food and drink from many local restaurants, many of your favorites and my favorites, Puritan and Company, the Smoke Shop, Trina's, Starlight Lounge, Lone Star oh Taco. Oh my so hungry. Ah, uh, me too. Uh, Atwards Tavern, mm. all the good ones, mm-hmm. and then. Uh, beverage sponsors are Lamp Lighter, Brewing Co., Bandom Cider, you name it. Uh, and all proceeds will be donated to the Mayor's Fire Fund. And I got to say, shout out to all these East Cambridge and Inman Square yes. businesses for doing this. They're doing all, Amazing. like, they are just putting it on for free. Um, and the tickets, I actually was saying, like, they're pretty cheap. Yeah, 40, 40 bucks. bucks. You know, for a Saturday night, all you can eat, all you can drink, and some really, really great. I mean, I'm excited. Are you bringing Bob? I we are trying to find a babysitter. Oh yeah. Um. So I'll definitely be there. Okay. I, I might have a di- I might have a different date. Yeah. Rest up so we can party. <laughs> Uh, so uh, there's one thing I wanted to mention. I recently learned about an awesome organization. It's local, um, and it's uh, called Title Nine Girls, uh, and it's a local government uh sorry it's a local cambridge organization founded by stacy rodriguez reynold a mental health clinician specializing in trauma and so you know jasper does their running club really yes and they run around danahy and um uh fresh pond wow and it's like it's this amazing organization for girls and they run together and then they journal together and they talk about their feelings and like their mental health it's awesome that's awesome. So they uh, have a new program. Their winter indoor program is starting February 10th through March 31st. Um, and it's going to take place at an ath- athletic facility in Harvard Square. And they have scholarships available. And so you can, and registration act is open now via their website. And I can tweet that out, www.titleixgirls.org. And you can reach out to the director program the program director, Kara Blue at Kara at T I T L E I X G I R L S dot org. Yeah, I think it's going to be at Wellbridge. The indoor one, I think, is at El- Wellbridge, Wellbridge um, okay. in the Charles Hotel. Um, but yeah, in the in the spring and fall, they do it outside, and it's so sweet. That's so great, you know. And like, so for my daughter, she's not athletic at all. <laughs> just yeah i mean i'm just, not either like i never understood why people played like team sports i just didn't get it you just didn't like it no and then i discovered running as an adult and i had like i wish i had discovered it when i was her age because it's i mean for, for me the solitary like running and exercising mm-hmm. and you know 
having a place where you can center yourself and feel and get those endorphins out. Right. I think that's the thing about I never understood team sports, but I never also never understood how exercise could really help you with your mental health. So connected. Yeah. And so as an adult, I finally figured that out. So I'm, I'm happy for her that she's getting <laughs> a little jump on life she, there. <laughs> Maybe, she <won't>. young. <laughs> Maybe she won't need therapy. Who knows? <laughs> You know, right? Uh, so, well, and it, yes, it's a great organization. And if you have a girl in your life, 15. Yep, sign her up and see, just see if she likes it. I mean, the indoor one, I'm, I, we haven't done that one yet. So, but the outdoor ones are really like, I mean, who doesn't want to run around Fresh Pond? And and just to point some facts out, according Ooh, to the you youth, love facts. I love those facts. To the Youth Risk Behavior Survey, uh, according to the Roos, Roos, Youth Risk Behavior Survey from 2017, female students experience significantly higher rates of persistent sadness or hopelessness than male students. I do remember that from middle school. <laughs> and, Amen. And, <laughs> and yesterday. And, <laughs> <laughs> and yesterday. Yeah, so um, should we join this? Can you girls? <laughs> Like, can I join in? <laughs> title Title Nine yeah. Adult Girls. I do. Maybe this is something we should do. But well, anyway. they have mentors. Like, I think there's, I think there's like young women that run with them. That's great. That's great. So That's please, really I, I wanted to. I'd been meaning to talk about this organization. They'd reached out a while ago to kind of. Say, I think they have a fundraiser coming up too. Oh really? Mm-hmm. Okay. I feel like I got a message today. Well, we'll let the yeah. Yeah, it's a great. If you have a daughter who you know and you're listening, please, please. Uh, Sign her up. All right. Is that well, all we got? I think that's it. Uh, any, oh, Ayanna Presley's birthday. <gasps> that's right. Is it's on this Sunday, Sunday at Aquara in the house. Oh, my God. You and my and my son <laughs> and Ayanna Presley. Um, so it's at La Fabrica. At 12. 12 to 2. Yeah. yeah. Or are you gonna, you're going to go, right? I'm going to go. Okay. Oh, I can't you're wait. meet at 12. Yeah. Yeah, we can walk over together. Yeah. Sounds great. Maybe, it'll be, maybe it'll be zero degrees. Who knows? Oh, gosh. Yeah, and then there's a Super Bowl. How could we forget? I forgot. <laughs> I forgot. Who's playing? I, I mean. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. I'm awful. <laughs> Patriots, right? The Patriots against somebody? Not the Rams. Cause, mm. Oh, not the Chiefs. Giants? No. I don't know. I don't know. Well, if you know, let us know. I'm not. Are you we'll find out it? Sunday. Um, usually I just watch like movies because everyone else is watching the Super Bowl. But my friend Ray invited me to her, her and her husband's party, which I may drop out because I like the food. My son really likes the really likes to watch the Super Bowl, but also like the commercials. I love whoever. Who's the halftime? I was just gonna ask. I was like, I remember one year it was. Um, I don't think Celine Dion's ever done it. Oh my god! <laughs> Can we just? <laughs> but like, did Adele ever do it? Mm. Pink's done it, yeah, and she was good. Shania, I'm not sure about Shania. Oh, wow. Anyway, maybe it'll be Cardi B. Prob- no, she said no. Oh, remember? she said no because she was like, because of the whole. Um, I think her friend, who's that guy, the football player? He starts with a K. He's famous. Oh right, um, um, mm. Colin Kaepernick. Ka- yes, yes, yes. God, we are so good at this today. We should. <laughs> no have, one needs you to know. know. We should do. We should have a sports podcast. <laughs> Everyone would People listen. would stop listening. <laughs> People would just be like, stop. stop. Oh, my God. We'd fail. Anyway. All right. So the Super Bowl is Sunday night. Yeah. We'll definitely discuss that. We have a meeting on Monday night. We have a really interesting thing on for Monday night. Yes. About the Eversource. Um, yes. Proposed substation over in East Cambridge. So and we also have something about um, a broader uh, rule to support eviction ceiling. Yeah, I think there's a lot of interesting things that are coming. So we have stuff to talk about. Yeah. And next week is uh, it's an important week. 
Oh, because it's your birthday. No, it's not my birthday next week. Oh, it's not. What's important next week? Oh, God. I thought next week is Valentine's week. Valentine's Day. Oh, my God. Okay. We got to go. <laughs> okay. All right. See Talk you next to you guys week, soon. everybody. Bye. Bye. <laughs>